You are tuning in to the Seed Chat with Tristan, a Christian community designed for the youth, by the youth. Join us in discussing the truths and debunking the myths. Let's grow closer to Christ together. What's up, my brothers and sisters? It is your host, Tristan Guillaume, and you're listening to the Sea Chat with Tristan. I'm so thankful you're here. I'm so grateful you're here. Man, is it nice to be back. Um, I took a break for the past couple, two weeks, get some things figured out, get some things sorted out, and I'm just glad to be back, glad to bring a nice message. And um, actually, today it's a very special message to me. Um, when I was looking for topics and when I was just reading for topics, I felt God wanted me... Oh, I, I felt I had to question myself, right? And one of the things I was looking for was, like, why does God say David is a man after his own heart? What does that mean? What does that really look like? And so I went scripture diving, went fighting for stuff. And um, I think today I found the three elements I believe that make someone a man or a woman after God's own heart. And I'm so excited to share that with you. But before we get started, I really want to talk about this Christmas giveaway. If you haven't known yet, I actually started an Instagram page for the podcast so we get more interaction. And one thing I really want to do was a Christmas giveaway to help give something to one of you listeners because it really means so much to me. And the way you can participate in this Christmas giveaway, there's actually four ways. The first way is if you follow the Instagram IG page, and that's a one-time ticket. And the next way you can do it is if you take one of the messages or take one of the, the pictures or stories and you share on your own story. If you do that and you at Seed Chat with Tristan or you at Tristan Guillaume, you also get another ticket. So that's another ticket, but you can get that ticket every single day. So if you upload 10 photos over 10 days, you get 10 tickets, which can all enter the jar and all go as price. But another way you can also do it is if you leave a comment on the Instagram post. So if you leave a comment on the Instagram post, um, that will also count as one ticket per day. So you can do one comment per day. That's one ticket per day. And the last way you can gain tickets, and it actually gives you two tickets, is if you share Sea Chat with Tristan, a cover art, a photo, um, a story, whatever it is. If you share that on your Snapchat story and you at Tristan G1738, I know it's good. It's been a while. It's been a while, right? But Tristan G1738 and you at me on it and I receive it, you get two tickets for that post. So you can actually get up to three tickets or four tickets every single day. And this is going to go from now all the way till the 17th. So you have 14 days to do this. So I'm told I think you can get 54 tickets. And yeah, like let's, I would love to see what you guys post, like to see you guys share, mention this, at this. It means so much for me. It means so much for the podcast. And I hope we can get this this message out. And I hope you guys um give it a prize, and I look forward to giving the prize to whoever does win. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. But without further ado, I'm going to get started. So I'm going to set the background here. We're actually going to start at 2 Samuel 6, verse 6. Um, for those of you, I don't think really anyone here listens, brings their Bible, but if you do, or if this is something you want to try, you can bring your Bible out, take some notes. This is a very good section. Um, God really revealed this to me, but, but to lead us up to this point, um, Saul is actually dead, right? David was anointed king, was anointed um, the chosen one by Samuel the prophet before God's eyes um, as Saul was king. But Dave, God left Saul and now God said, I'm going to be with David. David's my new leader. So when Saul died, God was going to elevate David. And Saul ends up dying a very brutal death. I'm not going to go into the details. And what happens is like there's skirmishes break out between the David's house and Saul's house where David's men are killing Saul's men. And David's like, don't kill them. Like We shouldn't be doing that. Like The Lord will make a way. But there's a lot of fights, a lot of growl. And at the end, David becomes king of Israel. 
And this happens when um, David wins the final battle and he goes and he marches to Jerusalem and takes the capital city. And now he is in the capital city. Everyone acknowledges him as a sovereign leader of Israel underneath God. And he is now accepted as the king. And so the story depicts how David brings the Ark of God to Jerusalem in the presence of his family and near his family. And for those of you who don't know what the Ark of God is, the Ark of God was actually like this, like this golden box, right, with two angels on top of it, two cherubims, and these wings, right, like pointing towards each other. And that place where they pointed together in between that space, um, that was supposed to be God's dwelling place among his people in Israel. So this is the place where God decided that, hey, I'm going to begin to enter the earth again with you unholy people, but I'm going to be here and lead you guys and guide you guys. And this was like the place where he did it from. So it was viewed very highly in Jewish culture. So I'm actually going to get started with it. And verse six, it says, when they came to the threshing floor, Nakon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irrelevant act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there besides the ark. And now some of you guys are like, what is happening? Like, why would God kill someone? You know, like, the oxen were moving, and it was stumbling. If he didn't grab it, it would fall, it would break. Like, what was happening? And here we actually get a picture of, uh, of, of the Lord showing us a message and showing us something that he wants to illustrate throughout time. See, for us, it's different. Like, as I kind of described, this is the place where God dwelt among his people. This is his step towards us when we were unworthy of it. And what happens now is we are actually, if you haven't listened before, um, listened to the episode called The Temple. But um, because of Jesus' blood, because of Jesus' sacrifice, we are now temples of the Holy Spirit. We are now the place where God chooses to dwell here on earth. And we have become purified through his blood. And so for us, we are in connection with God. We are able to communicate with God. But because then Jesus had not come to the earth yet, these people were still unholy and unpure. And God is a holy God. And in this time, our unholiness would not be able to approach God. So because he's unholy, because he's unworthy of entering to God's presence and touching God, God had to defend his holiness. And the message God was trying to show us was, you know, when the fear of God fades in the community, the community is actually at risk. And we can actually see this in our own society, our own world, right? People use the Lord's name in vain, don't fear his wrath, don't fear his punishment, or joke about hell, you know, use the word Lord almost as like a slang term. And what we've really begun to do is unrevere God. And what God's saying that when you don't revere me, when you don't hold me high, Highly, and you don't hold my values highly, um, you're endangering yourself, you're endangering your community because you're no longer secure on the truth, but you are now breaking out. And that's where you get the violence, where we get the danger and, and, all, the, and all the terror from. And God was, showing that us, that God was showing that to us here in this text. Then it says, David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, this place is called Pezra Uzzah, which just means outbreak against Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord with him to the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gideonite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gideonite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Uh, I'm going to do a quick interlude again, but I just want to know, like, where is your Obed-Edom? Like, where have you put the blessings that God has given you in your life? Have you been honoring God in your worship, with your time, your talents, and your treasure? See, I believe so many of us are so so scared to use our gifts, so scared to use what God has given us, the blessing God has bestowed on us because of, of fear. And I, I definitely understand that. When I, even when I was creating this podcast, when I was you know, stepping out and trying to 
do what God wants me to do and and share his message and and empower those who are already with him to go even further. I I felt that myself. I felt the fear because we're we're scared, right? We're scared of being judged by our friends, by our peers and and being categorized and, and being viewed in ways that we didn't necessarily want to be viewed before. And this this fear causes us to to not use our gifts and you know to to hide our gifts and I believe God has so many blessings to want to put in our life right here said the house of Obed Edom was blessed for three months like God wants to do that in our lives God wants to bless us when we use our gifts when we use our powers and our skill sets to to forward the kingdom of God that's what God desires that's what God seeks and when we when we do use our skill sets when we do use what God has given us we receive the blessing not just in this earth, but we receive a blessing to be part of the Great Commission. When we don't, we miss out on this Great Commission. And it's it's not just that we, you know, get to be part of heaven and, and for eternity ever and ever and ever, which is amazing, which is great. But being part of this Great Commission, using our gifts, we bring others to the Lord. We bring our friends. We bring our family. We, we bring those in our community with us to heaven and, and make heaven greater and greater. Become part of that story. That, that Jesus asked us to join him on and become part of what God is working on in this earth. In Philippians 1, six it says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion the day of Christ. So I'm telling you, if there is some gift that you have that you believe God wants you to use, use it and rejoice in the blessings and rejoice in all that it brings you. And I'm going to pick back up at verse 12. It says, Now King David was told, The Lord had blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God to the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a lean on ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might, while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpet. One thing here that's easy to overlook and easy to miss, right, is is that sixth step, right? And like, why did he do that six? Because in the Bible, the number seven is actually viewed as a number of completion, the number of perfection, the number of rest. Um, this goes back to, right, the beginning of the earth where God created the earth in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. And what David was doing here, David was symbolically illustrating, right, was he was showing his gratefulness. He was showing his praise for God for completing what he was doing in his life for completing what he was going to do in the kingdom. And what David was really seeing was illustrating how he was preparing the way for God's kingdom. He was preparing for how God would move in the lives of Israel. This is the first step, I believe, to becoming a David, and that is honoring God in all circumstances. I think this arc is a very small glimpse where David's just rejoicing with all of his might, with all his power, with all of his strength to give God his praise, give God his glory, and just so thankful for him. And I believe David also honored God, not just by preparing the ark to go into the city of Jerusalem, but David prepared God all throughout his life. We see this while he was a shepherd. What was often viewed as like the lowest position or one of the low positions in Israelite culture, David was given because he had so many brothers, he was considered the shepherd boy, the one that they all despised, the one they all looked down on. And for many people, this would be something that they would just not be proud of, not be confident in. And yet David took his role, David took his responsibility and executed to the perfect level or the highest level in each and every single one of his chances. He always strived to be the best shepherd. When one of his sheep would go missing or one of his flock would go missing, he would chase him down and bring them back. When an animal would attack one of his flock, he would go there and kill him. What many people would have left for dead and, and tried to take in the rest and walk away, David fought for that. And David became, he became honoring 
um, his family honoring God in every single way he could he could he could in his, his capacity. In one way is Psalms. I mean, about half the book of Psalms is written by David, and here he's just pouring out his heart to God and, and how he's thankful for God and how and how he knows how amazing God is and how even right now how he feels like he's losing how he knows God's going to give him the victory. That was David honoring God, even as he's just sitting there and watching his flock, even while he feels sad, even while he feels defeated, he's honoring God in every single moment. Furthermore, David either honors God by honoring Saul. David was anointed king of Israel by Samuel the prophet while Saul was still alive. And yet David still honored Saul because Saul was in a higher position of authority at that moment. You see, it must have been hard for David to honor Saul, even though he knew God had chosen him. But what David was saying, what David was showing that he's not just going to honor God when it's convenient, but he's going to honor God whenever it is, at all times. For us, that could be honoring God within our community and, and helping that friend at school who's having a hard time learning that lesson and learning that subject and you pouring out and you going out of your way to help them more. Or when you don't feel up to it to go to your youth group, and but yet you push yourself to go because you know that your friend needs this youth group and, and you're going to make the sacrifice so that they can encounter God. Even within our relationships, right? When you honor God and you honor what God says about someone, so so you protect their virtue, you protect their virginity, and you, and you don't try to encroach on them. You don't try to pressure them to do things that the Lord has told you not to do. And from verse 16, it says, As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from the window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person, the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. When David returned to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half-naked in full view of the slave girls and his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. One thing that stands out to me here, and I think it's so so interesting, is David went here to bless his household, and she's actually one of his wives. He's coming here to bless her, bless their family, and, and she's attacking him. She's coming at him. She's diminishing him and, and his accomplishments and almost criticizing him for helping her. And I think that that's such a funny picture because I think I, th- I think we can all agree that it's kind of rare to find young Christians after God, at least in our society. And it has been something that's quite scarce in our world. And I think there is more of it that we realize because that's why I have this podcast to kind of illustrate that and kind of show how we are great in numbers and there are many more than you think. But I still think that we are still a relatively small percentage of the population. And it's crazy because as we try really to like bring out the message of God, evangelize and, and share the good news and, and, and put blessings over people that we want to see succeed in our lives, what we realize is that people don't want the blessings because they don't understand the blessings. And I think that's such a clear description of like the life of a Christian. Where we go out here, you know, trying to use the gifts that I was talking about earlier to help God, help this great commission. And yet everywhere we go, it's like people 
deny people deny the the gift of salvation people deny the the joy of the community and the power of God in their lives and, and I just want to show how one way we can really honor God is is by being this example by by striving to go out and even bless those who don't know that they need the blessing or bless those who don't want the blessing and, and be that light in the world. The second step here that, that Michael is so crucial at illustrating to us in how to become a David is actually throwing away or disregarding our plans for God's plans. I can't really blame Michael too much because she was the daughter of Saul. So she expected the king to be one of her brothers or someone of her family line. And not that she gets stuck with David because David is better than all of them. But here she is and she has this perception of this king as someone who's going to be strong, mighty, tall. Someone who was going to be stoic, who wasn't going to you know, make himself praise God in front of God. But let someone else praise in front of God and look majestic and look um, higher in rank than everyone else. And, and stand out away from the crowd. And I think that's so so easy for us to relate to or so easy for me to relate to is because we do have these expectations. We do have these these views or what we kind of expect God to look like, expect God to move like. But as we know, God does not move in what we see and, and how we expect to move. He moves in ways that are so much greater and so much so much different. He moves with things that we humans cannot take into account. And so who Michael envisioned as king someone who was strong and stoic, actually turned out to be David. And David's this guy who, who's small, but he's strong in might. But he's someone who's unwilling to humble himself and, and give praise to the Lord in front of thousands of people. And she's like, who is this man who's dancing around half naked in front of all of Israel, praising God? Like, how did I get stuck with him? I believe that's so influential to illustrating how David was a man after God's own heart. Because David didn't care what others thought the king should look like or thought he should act and said he cared about God and, and, and fulfilling God's plan. And it's, it's, it's unique because, right, as David was actually, I'm going to go back a little bit, but David was running away from Saul because Saul was trying to kill David because Saul knew that David was, you know, succeed on his downfall and he was trying to kill David before that. So as he's chasing David, he brings all these men and, and David and his men run away and hide in this cave. But as they're hiding in this cave, Saul comes alone and basically starts like peeing in front of them while his men are outside. And all David's men are like, yo, like, let's hop on him right now. Like, let's kill him. You could be king. You'll be crowned. Like, let's, let's, let's anoint you right, right here. Let's do it. But this is why God chose David and not everyone else. Because here David could have easily convinced his men and himself could have killed Saul. But instead, what he did was he honored God's plan. He knew that it wasn't his role, it wasn't his job to kill Saul and, and to control God's future, but he knew that it was not my it's not in my hands, it's in God's hands. And that's why he gave it to God. That's why he let God control it. And he said, no, we're not gonna kill him. It, it, he might die, but it won't be under my hand because it is gonna be under the Lord's hand, under the Lord's time. And that shift, right? That 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 character, that ability to put his own selfish desires in his own probably even convenient desires to the side to honor the Lord, to honor his greater purpose. That is what God was looking for. We must learn to, to honor his plan over our own plans. It's so easy for us to, to try to take things into our own hands, to try to take it to control, right? Where like we have 
major part of society teaching us like be your own god be your own leader and and do whatever you want and take your future into your hands but god's saying leave it in my hands when you can leave it in my hands when you can put your faith in me when you put your faith and believe that in my hands it'll be better i will bless your faithfulness i will empower you i will help you move forward that's when i will continue to bless you and bless you even more abundantly and god was looking for that Instead of just honoring God and saying, yo, God, I know you want me to do it this way. I know you want me to wait this long, but I'm, I'm just going to jump the gun. I'm just going to go a little quicker right now. I'm just going to open this door for myself. God wants us to wait for him. God wants us to honor what he has in store and, 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 and rejoice in the much greater, much better, much bigger plan that he has in our lives. And when we when we do this, when we seek to to no longer elevate ourselves and make our lives easier, but instead elevate God within our own positions. That's when we really start to see the Lord bestow blessings in and really begin to honor us to become, and he's faithful, God, he's always a faithful, but that's when we really begin to see um, his faithfulness come through because we let his plan move. We let his plan work in our own lives. This actually takes me to the third step, and that is knowing whose you are. You see, in 21 to 22, it says, David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone in his house when he appointed me ruler over the, Israel, over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. What I'm trying to get here, what I'm, what I'm trying to show and what I really believe that the Lord has, has illustrated to me here is that when we know whose we are, we are able to, to seek God's heart. And like, let, me just, let me just point this out, right? Because David, David was anointed by Samuel when he was just a shepherd boy, when his father called him in from the field and he met Samuel and Samuel anointed him a private. But what happened is actually David doesn't forget this moment. Throughout the whole entire, throughout his whole entire story, David recalls this memory. David recalls what God had already said about him, how God had already chosen him, how God had already selected him to lead his people. David remembered this, and that's why David was able to, to do all these things for God. I think David had this special relationship with God where he was focused on God. His eyes were fixed on the Lord at all times. Like the best way I can describe this was like David believed he had like a private theater. With God, I think so many of us like look at God, right? It's like this this guy who's on this couch who's like flipping through the channels really fast, but like paying attention to all of our lives. Um, but like God is still looking at us more of like we are a movie, like we're a theater where we get His whole attention and and we're watching Him, and He does this for all of us. And actually, the Lord thinks more about us than we even think about ourselves. And so it's so easy for us to neglect and think that the Lord's only paying attention some of the time and, and he doesn't he's not constantly tuned in, but the Lord is constantly tuned into what we're going on. And what made David so special, what made him be able to become a man after God's own heart and what made him a man after God's own heart was the fact that he understood this and 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 he did everything for the Lord in the presence of the Lord because he knew the Lord was with him. He knew whose he was. He was able to act like a fool and dance half naked in front of people because he knew God was there. He knew God was in that ark. He, everyone else faded away. Everyone else zoned out because he knew what he was chasing after. And the same thing must be with us. We must learn and know who we are in Christ. I can't say that enough. That's such a powerful tool to have as a Christian. 
to know whose you are in Christ. Know how God said we are chosen, how we are his sons and daughters, how we are his bridegroom, how he has called us saints. Knowing this, knowing how God views us and how God cares for us, gives us a certain power that we can't have or we won't find anywhere else in our life. The fact that David was able to know this and the fact that David was able to, to, to believe it and to encapture it and to let his life be just a conversation between him and God. That's what kept David after God. You see, we're going to feel this pressure to, to act like our friends and, and try to entertain them, or try to entertain our community. But, but when we try to entertain God, when we stumble through life and we're just talking to God and rejoicing to God and, and, and we're in God's focus, right? And, and we believe we're in God's focus. We get more than just the giggles and, and the last back. And, and we don't just get like a, a cool smirk. At like, oh, I saw it. That's kind of cool. We get his blessings. And we're able to, to live our life in God's presence and in, in view of his presence. We receive a blessing so much greater. And, and so today I just want to pray this over you. Lord, I'm so thankful for these people. Lord. I'm so thankful for their ears. I'm so thankful that you allowed them to be here receiving your message, Lord. But Lord, I pray that we become men and women after your own heart. Lord, that we know how to honor you and that we try to honor you, Lord, even when we don't see a reason why, even when it's hard for us to do, even when it's not convenient, Lord. I pray that we can honor you in our lives. I pray, Lord, we can put your plans first, Lord. We can hold on to your hopes, to your desires, Lord, and trust in your faithfulness and trust in your promise. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we can build a stronger connection with you in our daily lives, Lord. Lord, may you bless us this week. May you bless us this year, Lord. And we thank you for all that you have and all that you will do. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sea Chat with Tristan. I hope you're able to receive what was spoken today and that God can continue to strengthen you in your journey. If you were touched by today's episode or believe it could benefit a friend, please share on any social platform. Don't be afraid to reach out to us regarding any questions at Tristan Guillaume on Instagram or email at TristanGuillaume16 at Yahoo.com. Hope to see you next time and have a blessed week.